when you get to heaven, is St. Peter going to give you a breathalyzer? Or is it just better to abstain from all alcohol, period? Second Kings chapter 2 and verse number 9 reads like this. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. Welcome to Double Portion Podcast. I owe my life to you in every way, for you have paid the price for me. Welcome back, everyone. We're so excited to have you with us. And we are continuing our, uh, we're continuing in the vein of, uh, we, we've been talking about the importance of uh, abstaining from marijuana usage and the effects that it can have on you. And we are going to get back into that here in a couple of weeks. We're going to have a very qualified guest with us who's going to talk uh, about that and get into detail into the minute medical side of that and the scientific side of that but tonight we want to kind of focus on a little different angle and so before we get into that i want to thank everyone for being with us we appreciate appreciate you being with us uh taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this podcast it is your prayers it is your love it is your support that keeps us going um we are growing steadily on all social media platforms, and we are receiving more uh, feedback daily, weekly, and we appreciate it. Thank you for being with us. Um, and so without further ado, we want to jump right into this. First off, we want to welcome our guest who's not really a guest, but we're glad she's with us. Sister Melody, thank you for being with us again tonight. Thanks for having me. We might we might have to break down and buy you your own microphone and camera. That's right. That's right. That would be nice. Um, or you could just give us the money and we'll buy it for you. We might need to buy our own microphones instead of using the church's. I'll just write the check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to quit stealing the church's microphones. <laughs> um, and I'm excited about this podcast. Um, it's going to be a little bit... Uh, uh, it's going to get into some pretty heavy stuff here because, Bishop, as we have talked in the last few weeks, there is an idea that is circulating again. It's not a new thing. Um, you would think over the years that we could have left this behind us, but nonetheless, uh, there are some that are trying to slowly bring back the idea that social drinking is okay as long as it doesn't become excessive or you don't get to a place of being drunk or beyond your cognizance. And um, as we know, there's many downfalls to that period. But as we like to do from this podcast, um, we're going to go straight to the Word of God. So we're glad to have you back with us here tonight. Well, thank you, Jeffrey, and it's so good to be back with all of my Double Portion family, all the listeners, and those that are watching this on whatever social uh, format that you're on or media format that you're on. And I also want to say that I am so happy that my daughter 
is with us again tonight. I always enjoy having her as part of this. Our whole family, our vacation times, our fun times, our hobbies, if we really have any, are spent doing the work of God. And it has been the joy of my life to do what God has called me to do right alongside my wife and my children and now my grandchildren as as we continue into uh, being involved in the work of God as, as, as much as we know how. And so yeah. I really have – I'm very grateful to God for that honor and that privilege. Uh, Brother Jeffrey did bring up this, and it's not a new thing. In fact, I was talking with a friend today, and we have a mutual friend who – both of us loved very did dearly god rest his soul he's passed away passed away actually in a very early age and uh in he was he pastored an apostolic church and him and some of his friends that were pastors as well tried to convince us that it was okay for there to be social drinking and and always they used that scripture where Paul tells Timothy to take a little wine for thy stomach. Don't drink water anymore, but a little wine for thy stomach's sake. And and we'll deal with that scripture tonight if we can get to it. Yeah. <clears throat> because there are applications there that are no longer needed. Uh, and they will also use those that use wine for communion. And uh, I don't have a problem with them using wine for com- I've been to communion where there is wine. Yep. My father used wine for communion, and he was a former alcoholic before God saved him. Yeah, and that's the only time that he drank wine, and it was a very low alcohol content wine. Nevertheless, it was, uh, but he only did that once a year, and uh, and so. W- you know, I want to put those all on the table right now. We recognize that. But should an apostolic be social drinking, drinking wine, drinking alcohol, I say unequivocally, unabashedly, unashamedly, absolutely not. Of course. Uh, the Word of God is opposed to it. <clears throat> the wise man said that the strong drink would really it, it killed and and there's so much to say in the book of proverbs about the adverse effects of the strong drink yeah i might add that yes during jesus day you can study this you can find this out i think josephus writes about this it's been a while since i've studied this so don't quote me on that i don't want to give you an inaccurate uh reference but it, uh, I did remember reading this, and I can't remember exactly which historian I read this from, one of the ancient historians. And even to this day in Israel, the drinking of wine is very prevalent. Uh, stronger drinks than that, I don't know. I don't know much about their culture, although I'll be back in Israel in November. And uh, But wine is a huge part of their um, of of their life and their culture. However, there were uh, consequences for that. This historian, if and I'm pretty sure it was Josephus, but I can't remember. Uh, 
made the statement that over 80% of the male population of, of Israel of Jesus' day were, were alcoholics because of the consumption of wine and strong drinks of that day. So anytime there is a, a consumption of strong drink, you take the, the risk of becoming in bondage to it. And so uh, we've just stay away from it. We do have scripture for what we say. I'll start out tonight with the scripture uh, that we can find. Sister Melody, if you want to read it in Ephesians chapter 5, and I believe it's verse number 18. You could read verse 17 if you wanted to as well. Uh, talks about redeeming the time. Have you ever wondered what's at the root of homelessness? I used to try to describe it to my husband that um, I said, I feel like I'm in this big spider web and I'm stuck in there. And how wraparound approaches at missions aim to make a difference? It's the things like that. The people who communicated that in spite of my rough edges, that they authentically cared about me. On the Restorers podcast, we'll talk to experts, investigate current issues, share stories, and give you an inside look at how we at Water Street Mission tackle issues related to homelessness and poverty every single day. Join us by searching Restorers wherever you find your podcasts. Ephesians 5.17? Yes. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. The word access there is the Greek word asotia. It comes from the word soterior, which in the Bible is saved. Sosa is actually the Greek word for save. So when you add the A to it, that is the opposite. If you are sosa, you are saved. But if you are asotia, you are not saved. So... And it's a direct connection with salvation. It's the same word that we use for salvation. Right. When you study soteriology, that is the doctrine of salvation. Yeah. So Paul is very clear here where he said, and be not filled with wine or strong drink wherein is access. Right. Wherein you're not saved if you're filled with strong drink. So, but be filled with the Spirit. So Paul was saying, Eliminate the alcohol out of your body and be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, you don't need strong drink. In fact, the Bible says that the the Holy Ghost takes the place of the effervescent drink in your life on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind. Filled the house house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like fire, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They got drunk on the Holy Ghost. The effervescence of God's Spirit to such a degree that those that were observing said these men are drunk with new wine. New wine has the most effervescence. The older the wine ages, the effervescence goes 
it doesn't actually go all the way away, but you begin to notice the taste more than you do the drunk right. as the wine ages. I don't know. I don't drink wine. I've just studied all this. It's fascinating to me because the Holy Ghost is the wine that we consume now. It is the joy of the Lord now. When you really get filled with the Holy Ghost, you probably won't ask these kind of questions whether we can do this kind of stuff or not. I get really impatient with people that try to get as close to the world as they can get. They want to do as much of the world that they can do and still be saved. They want to look as much like the world as they can and still be saved. They want to go as many places that the world goes as they can and still be saved. It is a, it is a minimum gospel in their life to do everything that they can do that's of the world right and still be saved well the 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 deal would be here bishop is that it says be not drunk with wine and wherein is unsavedness is what that literally means and so if that is the case if that is the case that you know, and obviously we've already we've already set it out on the table. We do not, we're not okay with social drinking. We're not cool with it. But for the sake of this podcast tonight, we want to go through the the uh, the mindset of that factor in the in the place that if if we're going to delineate the line when it is okay and when it is not okay then we have to come up with some sort of a standard of mm-hmm. what is saved yeah. and what is unsaved. And what is unsaved, yeah. You know, and that's, How much of this can we drink and still be saved? That's the problem. Is, and does the Holy Ghost have a breathalyzer? Is there a blood alcohol content that causes you to go to hell? To go to hell. Yeah. That's the problem that we're running into. And so... Um, and, and the scripture is replete. We're going to get into it in just a minute on sobriety. When we look, uh, we could go right now to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8, one of our favorite scriptures. This is talking about the end time. This is talking about the day that we're living in. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Yes. So how are we resisting steadfast in the faith? Well, when you look up that word, be sober, it literally means abstain from strong drink. That's what it literally abstain. means. Abstain. Abstain. No, no strong drink. Get away from it. Yes. Because you, you study the effect of when drinking happens. And, th- and this is what, this to me as an apostolic young person is the danger of social drinking. You can say whatever you want. This is the danger to me. If you're going to delineate, well, I can just have one beer or whatever, you know, one wine. I can have one cocktail. Is that when you begin to uh, partake in that, you lose your judgment. That's one of the dangers of drinking. That's why they say don't drink and drive. Because if you have one, you lose the judgment. You cannot control your actions any longer. So then you say, well, I'm I'm not drunk. I can have another. Yeah. And even even the world's standard of drunk is like point zero zero one. 
It's very low that we understand that the alcohol content is so dangerous. It's 0.008. Is yeah. it 0. 0.008? I, I knew it was really, really yeah. way down there. It, it, so, But uh, even at that, when you look at the scientific evidences, that can be absorbed in different body types. Yeah. Well, and here's the ways. funny thing. Yeah. Who's going to stand at the door? Exactly. spiritually and say okay you're over the line now you're going to hell so if we have social drinking events in our churches are we going to have people walking around with breathalyzers saying <laughs> breathe into this calm I need down to, i need to make you brother, drank too much you need to calm down you need to, <laughs> it's, you know. well it's absurdity it is and that's that's why the bible says abstain abstain stay away from it abstain from it in fact in one place the bible says shun the very appearance of evil let's talk about that right there melody and jeffrey because i see people posting stuff on social media where it looks like they're drinking alcohol they're at some date with their it's always a new year's eve they park they or it's at a date they're on a date and they've got this champagne glass water. with whatever you know and i don't know that i have problems with uh, uh let's say what they call virgin drinks yeah uh, but why are you trying to portray something to the world that looks alcoholic? The Bible says to shun the very appearance of evil. Yeah. I don't know why people are having a problem identifying with their apostolic roots, roots and their apostolic family, the genetics of being ap- I am so happy that God delivered me from the world. Maybe it's some of these kids that they're fourth, fifth, sixth generation Pentecost, and they have no clue mm-hmm. how terrible. I remember my dad telling me he was a backslider, and he told me one night when he was away from God that him and my mom went out, and he was. He told me this with tears in his eyes, and he said the, well, he woke up the next day, he looked like he got in a fight with a mountain lion, and he said, what in the world happened? And my mom told him that he had got so drunk he passed out and she couldn't get him in the house so she had to drag him through rose bushes and tore him up right and i never saw that i never saw any of that in my life because the year that i was born my mom looked at my dad and said carl i can't live this way anymore and she went back to church, and my father went just a few weeks later, and they sold out to God. I am so grateful for parents that gave me a love for this apostolic way, for this truth. I'm, so I'm having a hard time identifying with people that feel more comfortable identifying with worldly things than they are with the things that God has given us, these incredible blessings of the truth, the apostolic truth of uh, that's our heritage. I think First Peter chapter 4 and verse number 7 is so enlightening to what you're saying, Bishop, because it says, but the end of all things is at hand. And we know that we're living in the end. We're in the last days. We're at the very last. And it says... Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. Be therefore sober at the very ending of all things. It's not time for us to let down our stance of 
social drinking or drinking period at any time at all. I don't have a bottle. Let's take a bet farther than apostolics. Every evangelical church that I know of, their origins, they stood against strong yeah. drinks. The Assembly of God used to stand against strong drink. I, I, I am challenging you. If you're Assembly of God, if you're Assembly of God preacher or pastor, I'm challenging you. Why did you, or maybe you do. If you do, I commend you. But, yes. but why all of a sudden have even denominal preachers went silent on this when we know how terrible uh, drinking has caused families to break up. Has it's one of the number one killers of teenagers on the roads of America is drunk driving. And this, what he's saying, instead of this, in our soberness, we are to watch unto prayer. Well, if we're if we're worried about social drinking, I'm 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 devastated to say I'm not sure that. Prayer is high up on our list of yeah. things to think about. And then again in First Peter 1 and 13, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope unto the end. Peter hope has a lot to say about being for the sober. Grace. Yeah. And, and I, that's the, the, the point that I think I want to drive home because I've, to be honest with you, and I, I've, I've read and, and watched a lot of, of, of people talking about um, you know what the Bible has to say about drinking or not drinking, and I've 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 come so sick to the point. It's of, all emotional. It, it, you know. Well, you know. Well, is one is is one bad or is one not bad? The problem with that is, it never. I don't care who you are, what you say. It never ends at the one. There's always going to be a Friday night when they say, "Well, I just had a hard week, and I deserve more." Because it, 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 your judgment is lost, and then you come to the place where, well, I, I guess two is good. And you, you will cross that line. I don't care. Paul said, be not drunk, period. Yeah, abstain. Abstain is what the Bible says. Just don't have anything to do with it. In fact, that's one of the, let's address pastors, because in First Timothy, Paul makes that statement again. A bishop must then be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober. Now, listen, brothers and sisters, this word sober does not mean somber and serious. It means to abstain, to not be drunk. That's literally what it means in the Greek. Abstain from wine. To abstain from wine is what it literally means in the Greek. Be sober. Don't touch it. Which goes back to the fact of what you said. Paul is dealing with the time. Where people are over eighty percent of males are, are alcoholics, and among his people, yeah. God only knows what the the Romans, Romans did. Everybody drink wine, yeah. And the form of the Roman wine, and I've, I've studied this quite a bit because when you see Jesus on the cross and the, they and gave the, him, they gave him the wine, and he rejected it. This was a form of wine that was a rotted wine. Uh, um, What's the word that I'm looking for? It'll come to me in just a minute. But fermented. Um, gall. Gall. Yeah, that gall. word gall. But it's fermented yeah, wine. Yeah, it's a firm. It's, it's All wine is fermented. rotted. But, and what would happen is that fermentation is so intense that it would, it would. Uh, it would sustain their life. It would knock off the, the edge. Yeah. But Jesus rejected it. Well, and, and explain knowing. why they did that. They wanted them to live longer and right. suffer more. 
Yes. But Jesus rejected this knowing that he was going to take all the sin of the world. And one of the most incredible messages that I've ever heard on this is Brother Daniel Urshan preaching about the reason why Jesus rejected that was because he was going to feel the pain for us. And we live in such a world that we can escape into a drug. We can escape into uh, an alcohol. We can escape into our phones, into social media. And the dopamine takes over in our lives. And we escape into a world of nothingness. And we never feel reality. We never feel reality. We never experience reality. But Jesus said, no. When I took your sin upon me, I'm going to experience every hurt, every pain, every sorrow. And that's what made his love for us so amazing. What do you want to say, Melody? Mm-mm, I was just saying. You, you want to say something about escape? I want to hear that. No, it's just like that's Satan's way of, that's his uh, pitch of cell. He's just escape. Come yeah. to me. Yeah. You know. That's, well, that's and what, Jesus yeah. did the exact opposite. He that's said, what inebriation does. I can conquer this yes. without you. Yeah. Not not submitting to you at any I became, he became obedient unto death. That's what being drunk is, is escaping. Yeah. You know, and so much of that. It is alcohol is a narcotic, which is a downer, which mm-hmm. destroys the functions of the body and takes you down. You can die of alcohol poison. You know, and it's not the the sensational, beautiful, no. uh, uh, romantic uh, lifestyle that is portrayed in all the sales pitches. No, it is a horrible addiction and bondage. Yeah, just like a drug. It is a drug. Alcohol mm-hmm. is a drug. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and so uh, in fact, in that it. it the the medicinal side is why Paul told Timothy to do what he did. The malaria, the cholera, that was so prevalent in almost every Roman city because they did not have water purification. So there were many people that died of cholera and other water-carried bacteria and diseases. And so Paul tell, told Timothy, uh, drink the wine because at that time, that was the only drink that they had where the alcohol content killed the bacteria. There's no need for that in our world today. You have Diet Coke. You have water that is purified that yeah. nobody has purified water like America does. I'm sorry, all of you liberals that are tweaking out right now. We have the best water in the world. I know I travel. You can fool other people because you can tell them they don't travel. But you can't fool me. I travel. I know. And and so uh, we have the best water systems in the world here. We have coffee that you boil the 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 devil out of it, you know, or whatever at the temperature. There's no need for that in our lives anymore. And so there's no need for any of that alcohol content other than it connects you with the world. In fact, that's what Paul says in. First Thessalonians, he said, therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch yeah. and let us be sober. We're not part of this world. You cannot watch if you're drunk. You cannot watch if you're trying to be like the world. No. You cannot preach 
against the alcoholism if you're partaking of the very alcohol that you're preaching to somebody that they need to get rid of. What's interesting in, in what you're saying, that word watch, if you read in Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 5, but watch thou in all things endure afflictions. The word watch here is the same word that we're using in other scriptures for sober. And so in that, there's a likening in being sober and watching. And so when we let down the guard of sobriety, our watching is going to be let down. Are you driven by a desire to create change? Dive into From Passion to Purpose, where we unlock the stories of nonprofit trailblazers. Get inspired as leaders share invaluable tips and transformative tales that empower you to make a lasting impact in your community. Tune in and ignite your passion into purpose today. You know, somewhere back in the cockles of my brain, I, I've read so much. And when I was younger, I did not see the value of citing what I read, but I read somewhere where it was a capital punishment for a military man to be drinking while he was on watch. They could kill him. They would put him before a firing squad mm. because the life of those men were in his hands and they wanted him to be sober. They right. wanted him to be vigilant. Right. And that's what the Bible says. Be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he's, he's outside of our perimeter. Right. We want to keep him outside of our perimeter. And the way that we do that is to be sober. Well, and Paul is writing to Timothy here, a young pastor who is in, in staying true to the, to the context of this analogy. He is the watchman upon the wall. And so as a young preacher, if, if I am getting caught up in a culture of alcohol in a culture of letting down the guard of sobriety period whether alcohol drugs or anything else i mean sobriety sex goes beyond uh any of that 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 can catch you up in the inebriation of that world yeah what that does it doesn't just it doesn't put my life alone at jeopardy the lives of people that are depending upon my ability to be the watchman even though it may be in training but the watchman puts their lives in jeopardy as well and and so watch paul says watch thou in all things endure afflictions don't get inebriated timothy and and escape off into a a, a world that oh i got i'm stressed out i got work i got ministry i've got all these things and i just get inebriated endure afflictions do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of thy ministry but the the crux is watch it reminds me of the verse um that i might know him in the fellowship of his sufferings or how does that go that i might know him and 
and the power of his, the power of his resurrection, resurrection and, and the fellowship, the fellowship of his suffering. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, you know, well, that's another one. That's First Corinthians chapter 13. Oh, sorry. Uh, but, uh, oh, well, it says endure hardness as a good soldier. You know, the, 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 to me, the issue is, do you want to be close to Jesus? Well, and we you, could switch here. We could talk about how, why would you want to drink something that affects the neurotransmitters of your brain and it causes brain damage when we can drink in the Holy Ghost that literally heals our physical brains. We could drink in, we could switch gears and talk about the power of, they were drunk, but not as ye suppose. Yeah, and when they left, that that effervescence of the Holy Ghost did not damage their life, did not damage their families, did not damage their future. Mm-hmm. It actually enhanced their future. It gave them divine revelation. That's what Paul was saying. Be not, be not drunk mm-hmm. with wine wherein is excess, but be filled. Get, get drunk. Yeah. Totally filled with the Holy Ghost. Even Alcohol Anonymous and these self-help programs, these 13, 12, 13-step programs, 12-step programs, understand that to truly be set free, you have to abstain. Yeah. You have to abstain. If you don't abstain, then you are going right back to the bondage that God sets you free from. And I want to ask parents, why would you put yourself, you may never become an alcoholic, but what if you introduce that to your child and they become an alcoholic? How do you reconcile that in your mind when at one time you were full of the Holy Ghost? And in old days, when we would go back to that, we called that backsliding. But that's become an unpopular world. But why would I backslide? My father was an alcoholic. My grandfather was an alcoholic. His father was an alcoholic. And God, through my father and my mother, broke that curse. How crazy would that be for me to introduce that to my sons and my daughter and my grandsons again? I implore you, parent. Pray long and hard before you listen to these social media preachers that half of them, you don't know their life. You don't know where they're coming from. God's given you a great pastor. He's given you a beautiful church. Or if you're going to church that's entertaining these ideas, I unequivocally, unashamedly say, don't say anything. Don't badmouth anybody. Just get your family and get out of there. And go find a church that is still apostolic, still full of the Holy Ghost, still believes and come out from among them and be ye separate, saith God, and touch not the unclean thing. You don't have to speak evil of anybody. You don't have to talk bad about anybody, but you do have a responsibility if you're a parent, a father, a mother, that I want to show my children the true power of deliverance. And the true power of victory. I, I, I cannot thank God enough for the way that when he delivered my grandmother and my father and my mother and, and, and how that exploded 
into deliverance, into the future of their whole uh, uh, offspring. You know, the the progeny of of their life is there's healing, there's deliverance. I look at my family. I look at the families that are in this church and our wonderful sister church in Greeley and and what God has done in some other down in Florida from people out of, from under this ministry and in North Carolina and other places where God has channeled this deliverance. Why in the world as a minister would I open the door to really that is a doctrine of devils? Yeah. That's what it is. And it is a seducing spirit. And I, those are pretty strong statements, but I stand behind them because the Apostle Paul said to, to don't go back to those things where God set you free, but to stand fast in the liberty wherein God hath called us. I don't want that bondage. I stand against it. And I think that there's a lot of apostolic ministers that still feel the same the way, way that I do. Oh, yeah. And so that's what we champion tonight. That's what this podcast is about tonight. Well, I think a statement of a great man of God that said, you cannot have dominion over that which, overtain, which, which entertains you. Yes. You can't take dominion over that which entertains you. And that speaks to every aspect of our life. But that killed Saul. That killed Saul. He would not do what God told him to do. Yeah. And when uh, what Agag. Agag come up to him and Agag implored him, there's been enough bloodshed. Yeah. We can be allies. We can do this and you can still have your church. But you cannot. It was years later. That there, it was six hundred years later mm-hmm. that it finally was a great great granddaughter, a teenage girl named Esther, who was the great great granddaughter of King Saul. Yeah, that said, okay, you got my grandpa, but you ain't getting me. Well, I'll tell you what. And it was against Agag that she fought. Yeah, King Haman or Haman, the Agagite, the Bible says. Well, what speaks to me in that also. And I've seen, I've seen this, especially in the last few years, when men have had to take stands that they've never had to take before. And, and to be honest with you, there's probably not a lot of, of scriptural backing, but they're just, they, they have. Bless you. Thank you. (laughs) They have a, an understanding. They see the future. They see a, in the spirit that. God is taking his church somewhere. We've got to be separated from this world if we're going to be caught out from it. And I see in that Samuel that the Bible says when he saw Agag, he said, Saul, give me your sword. Mm. And what Samuel did was not pretty. It was in front of all the people. It was in front of all the women and children. And it was a bloody, gory thing that he did. He hacked Agag into pieces with Saul's sword. And Saul's standing there and th- thinking about all the diplomatic. Well, oh my goodness, how am I gonna? What? What's everybody on social media? What think are they of gonna this? think? And, and Samuel didn't care. He was the prophet, and he knew what God had told him. He said, "When you go down there, you kill every sheep, every cow, 
every child. Well, that's not very politically correct. And the Bible says that he hacked Agag into pieces. And I, I'm thankful for men of God that it may be a little bloody. It may be a little gory at times. And the preaching may be hard and tough. But they take that sword and they begin to cut in pieces some demonic oppression and depression. And and bondages, obviously, in the day and age that we live in. We live in the church age. Yeah. So the the our enemies are not flesh and blood. Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, yeah. my 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 subjects would have fought for me. But we wrestle not against flesh and right. blood. But we do wrestle against spirits. And there needs to be men of God that they are so gentle with people. But they are ruthless against these demonic spirits and these doctrines of devils and seducing spirits. They have to be. Jesus was so gentle with people, but he was ruthless against those devils. And that's what we have to be. That's what God wants us to be in this. This is a very, very important subject. And, And so we come out in a strong way about this but i think it's part of our revival that god wants to pour out in this last days we we come out from among them and we are separate saith god and touch not the unclean thing and then he says this is so awesome to this fatherless world that we live in he said i will receive you unto myself and i will be a father unto you so if you've not had this kind of example and this kind of strength and this kind of security i encourage you come on into the church repent and be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the remission of sin and receive the gift of the holy ghost he'll be a father to you he'll deliver you from that alcohol he'll deliver you from marijuana he'll deliver you from prescription drugs we haven't got that far yet but that's the number one addiction in the in america is a is prescription drugs america uses more prescription drugs than the rest of the world combined and so uh you know we could talk about all of that but tonight we're talking about those people we want to put it to rest we want to kill that demon there is no social drinking in the church unless it's coke zero (laughs) or a and w zero sugar or you know I'm, and obviously, I'm being trying to be funny here. I don't know if I'm very funny, but, uh, you know, or water or coffee. Don't have a problem with that. <clears throat> no, we don't have any problem with that. <laughs> I, I, just to be light for a minute, we had a, a couple of Jehovah Witnesses come to church out on a Friday night, actually. And they really enjoyed the service. And after service, I said, what are We'll have to go get a coffee together. And they said, well, we don't drink coffee. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, let's pray them through so they Amen. can have a cup of coffee with let us. Me, let me pray you through so you can get deliverance. <laughs> I do want to close with this, though, because we read uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18. But in verse number 16, it says this, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And so uh, we, we already got into be not drunk with wine and all of that. But the main purpose that we're doing all of this 
because we are redeeming the time. We're not going to escape into a world and be lost and and uh, and become inebriated with anything, whether that be social media or or anything, because we are redeeming the time. There's a world to save. We are so enraptured by living in the reality of truth. We don't need to. We're escape drunk into on that. the truth. We're drunk. We're drunk on it. We are inebriated with the Holy Ghost. And you Ghost. can be too. And we're we're thrilled about yeah. it because we can drive drunk on the <laughs> truth. We can talk drunk on the truth. Funny story about that. My uncle was at <laughs> It was a watch night service. A watch night service, and they were having rock and church. And he got out, and he, I don't know, he weaved across the middle line. No, it's like one thirty in the morning. Yeah, and got pulled over by a police officer right by the church. <laughs> and uh, the cop, brother Charles, the police officer said, "Sir, have you been drinking tonight?" He said, "I've been drinking the new wine," <laughs> which was probably not a wise thing to say <laughs> on on New Year's, New Year's Eve. Eve. And the police officer made him get out. Walk the, walk the line. Walk the line. And his saints were driving by, <laughs> honking at him. <laughs> so if you get pulled over, make sure it's the new wine. Probably a better answer is to say, sir, your eyes are a little bloodshot. Have you been drinking? And you say, sir, your eyes are a little glazed. Have you been eating donuts? Don't, no, don't do that either. <laughs> uh, Amen. We, well, we hope this podcast has helped you. Um, there's a lot of voices out there. We understand that. And we just want to be a light, help somebody. And we believe that. There are some young people out there that are not caught up in this world and their ideologies, but you are looking for reasons to get closer to God and not closer to the world. We love every single one of you and thank you for being with us. God bless. <laughs>